0: A great day to be a person who lives in Phoenix, or a Suns fan. Or the Arizona area. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, edition of Weekend Wired's Friday, April 9th, and the red-hot Phoenix Suns are fresh off, well, I guess they're fresh off a loss in Los Angeles. Was it in Los Angeles? It was in Los Angeles, yes. Um, But before that, they were able to prove themselves, I'd say, would be a good um, way to describe it, against the Suns. I mean, against the Jazz. uh, A really great matchup between the two top teams in the West right now. Um, It was the Suns' seventh straight win before falling to the Clippers last night. And it actually made it seem like they could maybe get the one seed in the West if they really push it. It's possible. Um, but we were, we were treated to a great game on ESPN on Wednesday. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that before we hit the Blazers and a little bit of Warriors at the end. Um, but Aro's here, excited to talk about his team. Um, oh, yeah. Probably the most – what is the most – Exciting moment of Sun's history in the past 10 years. So, you can't use the Western Conference Finals run in 2010 right.
1: After that, um, we got close. I believe it was 2013, I want to say. Uh, with the three was, point think, guards. Yeah, that was a Drogich Blood. So, I think it was Brandon Knight. Um, it wasn't that Isaiah Thomas? Was it the Isaiah Thomas here? I honestly can't remember that because well. He had
0: Brandon Knight too. Maybe that was later. Yeah, so
1: that, I don't know. Um, either way, uh, that was like, uh, Dragish was kind of, I guess, coming into his own we'll yeah. say, uh, at that point. And uh, So was also coming into his own. Uh, that was probably the most exciting thing because we finished, I want to say, with 48 wins. Uh, it was something ridiculous, and we still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think we missed out. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was a tiebreaker or if we like a game or half a game off, mm-hmm. um, but that was tragic. Um, that... <laughs> It's probably been the most exciting moment. Uh, there's obviously been like individual moments with Booker getting 70 um, last year. I think was definitely an uptick. I mean, like the start last year was probably the most excited I had been as a Suns fan in
0: the, last the bubble. Like it, and the more excited, but you kind of knew even if you did go eight, no, it was gonna be really hard to
1: make it. Yeah. And, like, that's why I think it kind of got dampened because, like – That's it, what happened. It, it was
0: like, oh, we yeah, did all that we can and we still can't. Right. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah, now the Suns are back in position, at least, to potentially – Yeah, I mean, this is next level. But yeah. Like, yeah, this is – yeah. <laughs> this, this, this goes past anything that we've talked about in the past with them. So, um, they're back. Chris Paul is back. Um, we'll just recap the game but a uh, really good defensive start for the Suns in the first quarter. They start out 13 to two. Um, even Booker looked great on defense in this game. Yeah, Most of the game. Really good on defense. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. You could tell even before C 3 walking down the hallway with his, whatever he was wearing, he was completely locked in. Yeah. Um, he dominated the game in the first half, I would say, with his uh, short jumpers from the elbow, distributing the ball, that kind of thing, just that normal crisp ball stuff. Um Controlled the pace completely, slow pace. And he loves torturing Gobert near the elbows. It's kind of his thing, just yeah. with all the pass fakes and shooting over him, barely. Oh, That's yeah. one of his favorite things to do. Um, Utah was able to battle back uh, to, to – I think they had a lead in the first quarter at some point, but they, the Suns were up 11 and a half. Um, and Utah was only down 11 uh, despite shooting 3 for 22 on from 3 on looks that were – About what they usually get. I think the Suns were being a little more aggressive about running them off the line, which is something that we saw in the Jazz Clippers game that we recapped a couple weeks ago, where the Clippers did it a lot more so, I would say, completely selling out, but um, the Suns kind of did it, and... Uh, it, it seemed to work in the first half So uh, what do you think about the Suns On defense at least in the first first Half of that game?
1: Yeah, the defense I mean, uh, from a numbers point of view, I think everything Was going great. Uh, we held them to 40 Which I think is the lowest that they've had All season. Yeah, and those, their uh, the second other lowest time. was The
0: other time, right? Yeah, it yeah. uh, was the other
1: time We played them. So uh, defensively I think uh, we whatever we Kind of do uh, seems to work against them uh, I thought a lot of looks that they got were Pretty good early on. Uh, Mitchell Missed a couple of like little uh, floats in the lane uh conley just had a terrible night overall he like couldn't hit from anywhere seemed, like uh, until a couple times in the in the fourth um, but yeah i think overall the defense was just really solid inside forced them to, to make threes and they just weren't making them um, and you know you'll kind of take that kind of limited um like aiden was really good in terms of his room protection and like being able to at least alter shots or make things just a little bit harder um even on like some like the floater looks that like mitchell got i think that it does enough to like bother him on that um, sort of
0: being gobert yeah while, that's like while yeah. playing against gobert that's all the yeah. things all, all the things all the stuff you just said pretty describes gobert to a t he just yeah. does it at a higher level than anybody else but yeah um yeah, so, I yeah, I, I agree with Ayton. I think he was pretty impressive in this game. He definitely held his own um, against against uh, a guy who's been the defensive player the year multiple times now and is a big physical presence. So Yeah, and was, he didn't – like, impressed. they
1: tried to mismatch him a whole bunch of times, too. They tried to get him to switch out to guys uh, up top, and, like, he didn't really bite for the most part. He didn't really – the best part, I thought, was that he didn't get into foul trouble. Um, I think he had – he picked up four fouls maybe early in the fourth quarter, but, like, he'll take that out of uh, in a game like this and like that was huge because we could play him and like the Sarge minutes weren't great against utah um so like that having it in, like there was a huge huge uh, factor
0: yeah and uh so the jazz kind of made an adjustment in the third quarter uh they scored 38 points in the third which is almost what they scored in the entire first half um <laughs> it seemed like their coach quinn Snyder. Uh, Um, Sort of told them to attack the rim more. Now the Suns were running them off the line, selling out in the three. And it worked. It was mostly Mitchell. Um, Some, uh, a little bit of Bogdanovich angles there too, but a lot of it was Mitchell. Mitchell had a ton of shot attempts in this game. We'll talk about that as we recap the end, but um, yeah. Coming into the fourth quarter, um, there's kind of this thing with the Suns where if you're not going to beat them in the first, I don't know, 42 minutes of the game, it's really hard to beat them in the last six. Um, that's that's what the Jazz sort of faced here. Uh, Mitchell played great. It was him and CP3 mostly trading blows at the end. Book, Booker definitely held his own too, but it seemed like – was- Booker struggled in the fourth. Well, scoring-wise, yeah. yeah. It, it, CP3 sort of took the reins in the fourth as, as you would expect. And it kind of felt like CP3 – it was CP3's – game mostly yeah, the forest, despite yeah. Booker having more points um yeah when 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 the going it's tough it's usually CP3's role to close it out and Mitchell was playing great he, he had 41 points in this game but um as it went to OT CP3 was able to close it out uh Mitchell hit a great 3 to send it to OT um there's some crazy possessions where guys were just falling, going selling out for rebounds definitely yeah. a game that both both teams took very seriously. No one was injured on either side, so and that's that's somewhat uncommon um, nowadays with these these top matchups that we're that we're getting. So this especially was, at the,
1: this point in the season, yeah, yeah. The, these, and
0: that, the Jazz know that um, the Suns are now not that far out of the one seed, and the Suns have the tiebreaker with them because of this win. So um, it, it's possible that they could catch them. Probably not going to happen, just because the, the Jazz do have a really easy schedule. Because they played such a hard one in the first half of the season, but um, anyway, yeah. Do you, or what? Did, before we talk about Mitchell a little more, uh, what did what did you think about the the crunch time and CP three sort of taking over and, and what 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 that could mean for um, the future of this yeah, team? Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I I think it's great um, for especially when you look towards uh, you know potentially you know some tough tough playoff uh, matchups whether it's against Denver or against LA, either of the LA teams, uh, I think you need closers and CP3 is about as good as they come. Um, I think it's pretty much, you know, a lot of what he was doing, even in the first half with like torturing Gobert, he just kind of took that up a notch and like he was taking the shots, I think. Um, And he's just almost automatic from like that elbow slash, like if you basically like made an arc with the elbow, down to the baseline, if that makes sense. Like, from that area, he's just so good. Um, And I think it, like, Booker sort of understood that, like, he wasn't hitting in the fourth quarter. Um, And I think that's probably been the best, like, part of their development in terms of Booker and CP3 playing together is that they're a lot more cognizant, I think, now of when one guy is maybe a little bit more off, they let the other guy take over um and yeah i mean booker was getting his cheap points in transition which i think were huge and i, I like gotta give another shout out to aiden because like he he's become a guy that you can kind of just throw the ball up to and they did it a couple times where they just threw the ball up to him and like he is able to make a play and like grab the ball somehow and like some of those plays um there were a couple offensive rebounds which i thought he had no business grabbing and he was able to grab them and put them back. And like, it was those cheap points that I thought kept us in it um, a couple times in the fourth, because we like as good as the offense looked the rest of the game, I think it kind of like sputtered out there a little bit in the, in the fourth outside of CP three. Uh, and so I think it helps just to get those like kind of cheap buckets. Yeah. They,
0: they, had, they had 25 second chance points in this game. Yeah. It's yeah. a ton. Yeah. They were, it seemed like they were yeah. getting to every loose ball and, that sort of thing. They, they were playing super hard. Um, yeah. what, what did you think about uh, Bridges defensively um, and how he how he held up?
1: Uh, well, he had a lot of foul trouble in the game, to be fair. Um, I and mean, I think he got into foul trouble pretty early. I think it kind of took him out, um, to be honest with you. Like, this was not – like, if you're going to look at any game this season, like, this is not the game to look at Bridges' defense, uh, I thought. Um, he, he struggled – I think he struggles a little bit more with, like, the quicker – uh, more like slashing uh guards he's just not really built to guard that um you know Jamal Murray kind of cooks him sometimes um same thing with Mitchell I, I just think like that's the type of mold that like he gets in trouble with in terms of when they get to the rim I think he struggles with not fouling sometimes uh and, and he also just kind of gets beat to the spot uh so I I don't know. It, it just wasn't a great game for him. I like honestly, there were some possessions where I felt more comfortable with Booker guarding Mitchell
0: than like Mikkel guarding uh, well, Mitchell, which is not great. Bridges is sort of like a he. Mitchell is, I guess, someone who could give him problems because Mitchell's main sort of uh, I would say thing is his quickness and yeah, it's um, all downhill. He's like, not. He's, he's not the biggest guy, and um, I think I think Bridges is more built for those Kawhi, Paul George types that are bigger, stockier um so yeah i don't think i don't think it's it's a huge takeaway from this and the the mitchell the mitchell part of this is very interesting to me because it seems like in these huge games the jazz are playing um he he sort of has this need to prove himself um yeah. on the, against the other the other star and he's at the end it kind of just becomes the mitchell show um yeah. which is not really the identity of the team so in this game he goes 16 for 35 he scores 41 points um I saw a stat that was Mitchell's top five games, where he has top five most shot attempts this year. Jazz have all, The Jazz have lost every single game. So I don't think it's a huge – I don't think it's a coincidence. And yeah. um, he, do, he does sort of try to go after uh, some of these buckets late by himself and try to be the hero. And it, it did work in sending the game to OT, but um, he missed some critical free throws at the end of the game um, at CP3 definitely enjoyed. So, um, CB three was able to close it out and yeah, the, the Suns are tough, man. Cause they, they're, they're scary. Cause they're good. They're a great half court offense team. They're obviously great on defense and in transition Booker's really dangerous.
1: Um, uh, Booker might be one of the best transition player, like top five transition player in the league at this point.
0: Yeah. Like, which is definitely know, not yeah. something that I think anyone would have envisioned with him coming into the league. Cause he's just, He's developed so much, obviously. He was thought of as a shooter and has become this completely polished offensive player. Um, Oh, yeah. But, yeah, this this turned out to be a great game um, between two great teams, even though it was a very sloppy first half. But um, staying on Phoenix, they are now either going to be the one or two seed unless the Clippers end up catching them. But um, in terms of matchups – who who do you want to see in the first? We'll just keep it to the first and second rounds That's so far. Nice. Because the um, only time, as the standings are right now, the only time that they would actually play Utah in a series would be uh, the Western Conference Finals. So, uh, let's list off some teams that you would like to see them play, and teams that you would be afraid of.
1: Um, I think I like the matchup against Portland. Um, I think we've beaten them both times we played this year, I want to say. Uh, I know we hold a tiebreaker on them, so I believe that's the case. Um, I like going up against Dallas more so than I would go uh, like going up against Memphis, to be honest with you. Uh, Memphis, for whatever reason, always uh, sort of gives us problems. Uh, like, I, I don't know why, but, like, Memphis is just, like, our – like, I, I don't know if it's Valanciunas and, like, the physicality inside that kind of bothers Aiton. Um we also like, I wouldn't say that we have anybody ideal to guard Morant either. Um, the matchups are sort of weird. Cause like, again, like Morant's sort of that quickness, uh, downhill attacking, you know, immediately. Um, and again, like Mikhail doesn't really match up the greatest with that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'd ra- honestly rather face Dallas as weird as that sounds. Um, outside of that, like out of the top, like that three to five section, I don't wanna face the Clippers. Um, I think we talked about this like before we started this, like the Clippers are the one team that I think that we just cannot figure out a way to beat. Um, They shoot the ball really well against us. Um, And it's just, I I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like the defense that kind of bothers everybody else too, but like we've had some bad shooting nights against them. I know we came back that one time, but like going down 30 in the first place is not, you know, it doesn't fill me with confidence um so yeah I don't know the Clippers are are the one team that I really don't want to face out of that little section uh Denver I think we can beat um the Lakers are obviously going to be much tougher but like I would rather I'd honestly rather play the Lakers than the Clippers at this point um based on what I've seen this season um to be fair I don't know if we played the Lakers at full strength Uh, I think they're missing either one of LeBron or AD both times that we played them but um, I I just can't like I, I can't in good faith say that we would beat the Clippers because I I just
0: don't think that like that team for whatever reason just can't beat them. Yeah, I I agree that that's a scary matchup for you guys. Um, I think for for Mitchell and. Like Jaw, these these guards that are going downhill all the time. I I, I do think CP three might be a, it. Might be a little too old for him to handle that and yeah, the, he just can't match the up lateral quickness. I don't think he's he's there anymore. Um, yeah. Dallas is interesting. Um, I think I think Aiton Porzingis is is the key to that and yeah. sort of how if Aiton can become mobile to deal with him um, defensively. I don't know um, if Portland would have a chance. I don't. My I, my instinct says no. We talked about the Denver matchup a little bit last time, so we don't have to rehash that. That one becomes really interesting, though. Yeah. And then yeah, the Lakers, uh, who we haven't really seen at full strength in a long time, and yeah, Lakers is hard to know. <laughs> to be honest. With yeah, you. I I think I think I think you'd be you'd be able to score against the Lakers. I think so. Yeah,
1: I, I'm not worried about scoring. Well, I'm, I'm just worried about like AD at, to be
0: honest. Yeah, I think, I think AD is the worry against Aiton there. Just to see if he can get overwhelmed. And,
1: like, again, like, I don't even know if, like, we'd put Aiton on him or if he'd try and go, like, downsize with, like, Jay Crowder. But, like, I think – I feel like Crowder would just get, like,
0: cooked. Yeah, kind of happened in the finals. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, life is That's tough really in hard. the West. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else in the Suns? Um. Because this is the this is their peak so far of the season. Yeah, um, man.
1: I mean, it, it's just bad shooting nights aside. I feel like we're we're in it every single night. Um, even the Clippers game, I think we touched on it a little bit, but like even that, like felt like it was just a really poor shooting night, and we're still down by what I think it was two or four points coming into the fourth quarter. Um, and it felt like on the second of a back to back to be that close against a team that good. Um, it's promising and you know a couple of those shots go down I think Cameron Payne had you know a couple where it's fairly open you expect them to make it Booker had a couple where he's open didn't make it Um, so yeah I mean just little things like that and and that game's kind of swung also thought that it was like a four minute stretch at the start of the fourth where we really lost it um, with Booker on the bench so I don't know it's little things like that Um, but it it's just, yeah, it worries me a little bit for the playoffs if, like, that kind of poor shooting night happens in the playoffs. Like, it feels like we're, you know, we're yeah. going to struggle. But um, the defense, man, it's it's it just – that's been the crazy thing that we're winning these games. We're grinding out these wins. You know, a lot of these wins we're really, really grinding out,
0: and that's something we haven't really seen in a long time. Yeah, the Suns are sort of thought of as this pace and space team, at least in the early yeah. 2000s. So, yeah, this is definitely a different identity for them um okay moving on to the blazers now who we hadn't really talked about that much this year they've dealt with a lot of injuries um dame was able to keep them afloat uh pretty remarkable that he was able to do that well cj was out for some time and Nurkic was out um they are a terrible defensive team still but they're able to win these close games consistently a lot like the suns um they got blown out by the clippers but that's a bad matchup for them think they really have no one to deal with Kawhi, which is kind of Kawhi and LeBron are sort of doomed for them, which is kind of their, yeah. gonna be their Achilles heel. But that's the West for you. There's never every team in the West has someone that they don't want to see. And um, I think the Suns, Clippers and Jazz are all and the Lakers are all clearly at a higher class of teams than the Portland is. And even the Jazz were able to beat them pretty soundly after uh, after that Suns game, which was obviously super hard on the second night of back-to-back. Yeah. So um, Dame continues to come through again and again for this team. Um, definitive MVP candidate. He's probably, you know, fourth or third, depending on how you think of it um, right now. And now that CJ's playing again, he's sort of learned to take fewer long twos and has turned those into threes. So he's been very efficient. Um, Mello, when he signed there, a lot of people thought it would be a disaster, myself included. Uh, he's – Carved himself into a good role there. He hits big shots for them all the time, and Dame is one of the most feared players in the NBA. No matter how you slice it, um, this is still a scary team that um, can can get hot at the right time and can just destroy you with their shooting. And it starts with Dame, but um, they they basically become this uh, the best defense is the more is more offense team when they traded Gary Trent for Norman Powell. Um, and it, it's paid some dividends. So, what what did you think of that trade when it happened? Um, we talked about it a little bit, and how how do you see the Blazers? They're they're in fifth right now. Um, do you see them dropping a little bit, or what what do you think their fate is going to be in the playoffs? Um.
1: I don't really see them dropping just because I don't think the teams behind them right now are, are really going to be able to catch up. Like, I, I think it's like what, Dallas, Memphis. Um, I think the Lakers just dropped below them. Um, it's just like, I think that's sort of where they are. Like you said, where they're not at that like level of the top three, four teams in the, in the West. But like, they're also, I, I would say a little bit better than like the Dallases of the world where like their shooting I think just takes them to another level like I, I don't there are a lot of teams there towards the bottom of the west that like just can't match that firepower And it doesn't matter how bad like you know Portland's defense might be it just won't really make a difference because they can just light it up at the other end um their scoring depth is arguably like best in the NBA like one of the best in the NBA like when you just go down like their roster like Obviously, Dame and CJ are going to get those, but, like, Norman Powell off the bench um, or, like, like it's such a huge scoring boost to have now coming in. You have Covington, Markage, Carmelo Anthony. Like, it's just – you have so many guys that can get points and go off on any given night that I just don't, like – they're just going to be able to outscore any of those teams at the bottom of the West. But, like, again, yeah, you're facing the Lakers. You're facing the Clippers. You're just not going to be able to, like count on that.
0: Yeah. Um the their dangerous offense when when Powell's on the floor with either Nurkic or Kanner, the defense kind of becomes screwed if you're playing man to man when they run pick and roll because yeah. if you've game coming downhill or CJ, um the ball is either going to to a layup um for the centers, that's usually Nurkic or Kanner, or it's going to the corner where Powell might be and if you help off the corner I think to him and Powell (laughs) shoots fifty two point four percent from three in the corner, Mm -hmm. which uh, is I think is fourth, fourth, fifth, or sixth best in the league right now. So, um, it's kind of a pick your poison thing with them. And Powell has a different skill set than Jerry than Gary Trent did, where he's a lot better at attacking off the catch and putting pressure on the defense, driving to the rim, making athletic plays. Things like that.
1: He can create his own shot way better than
0: than Trent can right now. Trent was a great shooter. Um, He's a little better on defense, but uh, Powell is someone who has has a huge offensive skill set of his own. And the new starting group that Portland plays right now, which is Lillard, McCollum, Powell, Covington at the four, with Nurkic at the five, are a plus 24 so far um, since they got Powell, and Powell is the plus 5.5 per 100 possessions, which is the best on the team. So, um, yeah, this team, it's true, yes, they can only go so far. No one's saying that they're going to even make it to the Western Conference Finals. I think both of us would be surprised if they um, even gave a team a hard time in the second round.
1: I think Denver is the team that
0: I worry about um, in, in facing Portland.
1: Like I'll be worried for Denver just because yeah. I feel like that would just turn into a bit of a shootout, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I think – I think I do, I do think Portland would, might have trouble with, with Gordon and yeah. uh, Porter Jr. But otherwise, yeah, it could just turn into a, a shootout, which is a lot like their series two years ago, which was yeah. awesome. But, um, yeah, yeah the, that, that's definitely a team – that um, would give them some trouble. If Portland stays at five, they're probably gonna be playing Denver. Um, they could play time. Denver in the first round and that would be that would be up. interesting. Yeah, um such and good if you're if you're Denver and you have the choice between the Lakers and Portland, you're probably gonna end up choosing Portland. So yeah. um, Denver's gonna have a tough path and then playing the Jazz in the second round. If you're Denver you, you maybe almost take the Jazz in the first round if you have the choice. Um, Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been a team they've had success against. So, um, yeah, a lot of interesting playoff matchups in the West, and we've got about 20 games to go now. So the, we're going to have a much better idea as we um, do these episodes week to week of what the playoff matchups are going to actually be. But they can, there's still a lot of movement to be made. Um, a team that uh, we talked about a lot at the beginning of the year is Golden State. Um, they have struggled a lot. As of late, um, yeah. it's and there's a lot of pointing fingers. Um, you can blame Steve Kerr for not uh, using Steph Curry more and um, using Oubre and all these things. You can blame Draymond for not being able to shoot and the the defenders being just happy to sag off him completely. It's like a Ben Simmons type situation with him now, which is unthinkable. It might be worse. Yeah, considering how well the thing about Ben Simmons is even when you do that, he still has like a runway since he's so quick with it. Draymond yeah. sort of like like laboring, like regardless. So, um, that's a, that's a crazy uh difference from what Draymond was even five years ago, where in game seven 2016 finals, he had 44 points and hit like six threes in the first half or whatever it was. So, um and when Steph doesn't play for the Warriors, they are the NBA's worst offense the past five years. So that is not great. Oubre's numbers shooting at the rim are horrible um, from what I've seen. Uh, even when Steph does play, they're the worst fourth quarter team in the league because that's when teams are really going to let Draymond shoot. Um, same with Oubre and Wiggins. Just pick your poison. These three guys, there's just not a lot of belief that, that they can make shots. Um, oh, man. And... Steph pick and rolls are kind of the answer to a lot of these problems. They worked really well against the Bucks. They were able to beat the the Bucks without Giannis um, a couple of nights back. But this also becomes hard when Draymond doesn't be, isn't being guarded because his guys just in the paint, it so becomes clogged, and they don't have Wiseman to rely upon anymore. And he he's been someone who has really dropped off. His his level of play has really dropped since the start of the year, and he he kind of just looks lost. Um, and the Warriors are going to end up maybe missing a play-in game. They're in the 10th spot right now, um, a few games ahead of the Pelicans. I think they're one and a half ahead. But they could end up dropping. And, yeah, so two. And even if they make the play-in, they're probably going to be playing Dallas or a team like that, potentially the Lakers even. And that's their, either way, we don't have a lot of confidence in them. So um, how? what do you think the next step is for the Warriors season wise Because they – they're going to have a lot of tough questions, it seems like, after this year because it's, it's clear that they're not making it out of the first round.
1: Yeah, if they even get there. Um, I, it's a weird question because you do have Clay coming back next year, hopefully. Um, and that sort of changes how you look at look at this team because you kind of have to move around some of these pieces and they're not really easy to move. Um, I don't know what team's gonna want Andrew Wiggins. I don't know what team is gonna want Oubre. Um, I just don't and even if you do find places to trade them to, like you're not gonna get anything significant back. Um, so it's you're sort of in a bind where like you're not gonna get high draft picks back. So you're not really like trying to blow it up unless you like get rid of clay, get rid of Steph, which I just don't think is gonna happen. And like a rebuild, like I, I don't even know what they're missing. Like they're the problem is they're missing just good players,
0: you know. Like the problem is they're, all, they're almost hard capped right now, which is yeah, which creates like no flexibility. They do have the Timberwolves pick, which is very good, um, but. In order even that's going to
1: take a few years to pan out and seeing what happened to Wiseman,
0: right? Well, they could trade the pick is the right. idea. But um, they, they, it, the trade would be sort of Wiseman, Wiggins, and the pick to get something significant. that's yeah. Bradley Beal, who seems like he's still not going to get traded, and whether that's Carl Anthony Towns could be a possibility. There's a couple guys out there. But um, yeah. the landscape is not as wide open with players being unhappy as it was even two, three years ago. Um and this is kind of the price the Warriors have paid for their all their success, just signing Clay and Draymond and Steph to these huge deals. Um, just with that championship pedigree, it made sense at the time. But Draymond's level of play has dropped off so much. He's still a great passer and defender, but his he's basically a zero on offense. He's not a threat at all to score, and it's hard to play Which with. Was, stuff
1: like that. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense to me because like he dropped off so so much from like like he's not even taking the threes anymore. Right? At least before he was taking the threes. And
0: like yeah, the he won't even take it, like He'll, he'll, 30, he'll, he'll yeah. try to hand it off to somebody. Um, right. it, they'll sort of go into the secondary flow, which doesn't end up working because there's the, there's just another body in the paint. Um, <laughs> and you, it's not like you could rely on Oubre to make shots. Having Clay out there would definitely help a lot, but that's just not the reality right now. So, yeah. um, And you don't want to run Steph into the ground. He's already wow. playing. Decent minutes a game. You don't want to play him forty minutes to burn out. Especially this year, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think I think they probably should have already been tanking. Um, but yeah, the the trade options are not really open. They've they've haven't had good draft picks because they've been picking at the back of the draft for the better part of the last six years. Um, and their long term projects have not really panned out. Pascal was a good pick. Jordan Poole yeah. was a good pick. Other than that. They really have nothing to show for it. And um, Wiggins is just someone who doesn't have a lot of trade value. Ubre, especially after this year, won't. And, um, yeah, if you're trying to get somebody, it's going to take a lot to do that. And even when you do that, you're still going to be hard capped. So I, I think that this, this is – Sort of this, I think that this is going to be the start of some really dark times. There, um, I don't, I really don't know how to get out of this because the West. Well, the is
1: problem not, is that they're kind of stuck in mediocrity too, right? Yeah, the like West is going to open back up
0: again. There's going to be good, yeah. there's going to be top teams up every time, and even with Clay, I think right now you'd have them what maybe I still think Denver's a better team. I still think Phoenix is a better oh, team. Yeah. No, both, they're like but, sitting probably behind like Dallas even. I, th- I think they're probably ahead of Dallas. I, th- I think yeah. I think they're about on Portland's level but with 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 those guys. Um, but yeah, I tight. That's tight, it though. is yeah, it, and that's not even where you want to be because you're still looking at a first round exit most likely. So um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to make some decisions, especially around Steph. And if Steph decides to leave, he probably won't. But you never know with these things. So I. It, it becomes very difficult to, to improve this roster when they're, they're so, there's so much money being committed to these three guys.
1: And, like, I feel like you got to move one of them
0: if you want to, like, actually, like, free up space. And, like and the obvious one is Draymond, but what are you going to yeah. get from Draymond realistically? You, you've seen that, like, if there's anything, the rub on Draymond before was that he couldn't succeed in a place that wasn't Golden State, and now he's not even succeeding offensively in Golden State. So it's yeah. kind of like, where are you going to move him that he would be able to...
1: Like the only fits that I could see are like a team either like we're talking about like a Denver or like a Utah that like already has so much spacing around him, and then you just kind of bring him in and, and let him
0: kind of just work. I feel like yeah, but positive. even that I feel like it would make their those teams so much easier to to guard. Like, yeah,
1: no, he, you, you would like probably the make Celt- those teams worse. <laughs> yeah, I almost
0: think like the Celtics could would like him just to yeah. have a guy, but and go small with him at the five potentially. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know like I wouldn't want to ruin some team's spacing by adding Draymond. It's crazy that. Like, it yeah, felt. I just don't know like like Toronto
1: maybe, but like again, like same kind of deal like. And they already have Siakam too, so it's not the best situation to go into. Like <laughs> I don't know, there aren't a lot of there aren't yeah. a lot of options at all.
0: Yeah, well, the Warriors are gonna have to really start thinking about this uh, quickly because they're. They have been they they lost about fifty three to the Raptors, um, not too long ago. And yeah, Steph's been out, but he, he can only do so much even when he's on the floor. So
1: um I mean it took like a Herculean effort from him to beat Milwaukee, a short handed Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, he had had uh, a forty one and was doing everything in the games, being guarded by Drew Holiday of all people. So yeah. um it it's it's really hard for this team to win games right now. So um yeah. I think we hit. We hit. Covered a lot of ground today, um, mostly about Phoenix. But um, if if Dallas continues to rise, we'll probably talk about them very soon. And maybe maybe the Nets, once Harden Harden makes his return, we have to we have to see all three of these guys again because Katie Katie's back.
1: Yeah, we haven't even seen them right.
0: Like yeah, so I, don't know. I haven't seen them since like they were losing those games to the Wizards and things like that. So. Um i want I want to see them in full strength, but all right, yeah, that's it for us. um, we will return next week to talk about whatever's going on in the league so, Charlotte maybe yeah yes if if the Hayward thing doesn't doom them because yeah. they now have lamel and Hayward injured, I think they might they might be dropping, but yeah. we'll see that's um, good one. yeah yeah.